Hello and welcome to All for Animals. I'm your host, Rachel. And today, in honor of President's Day, we're going to discuss some presidential pets. I was... I was really quite uh, shocked at the, shall we say, diversity of the pets that have graced the White House. So I thought it would be really fun to share them with all of you guys. Now, I'm not going to list every single pet that every president has had while in the White House, because honestly, I think we might be here for a few days. (laughs) But uh, I've just picked some of the more interesting ones and ones that I could also find information on. So the first one that I'm like super excited to share about, I could honestly do an entire episode on Teddy Roosevelt. And um, so I'm going to try not to focus too much on him alone and I'll just get him out of the way first because... he had quite the, the collection of, of critters. <laughs> he had uh, guinea pigs and ponies, chickens, uh, including a one-legged rooster named Fierce, a lizard, lots and lots of dogs, um, one of which <laughs> includes Pete, the bulldog, who eventually had to be banished from the White House after, and I quote, chomping one too many legs (laughs) don't worry he was safe he was just sent back to the family house because white house living wasn't wasn't for him um they also had a hyacinth macaw named eli yale yes after the same man who um the the college is named for and everything a garter snake a black bear Named Jonathan Edwards. Yes, you heard that correctly. A black bear. And uh, he was eventually sent to live at the Bronx Zoo. Um, A, let's see here. They also had, the the Roosevelt family, had kangaroo rats, which are really cute. I hadn't, I hadn't seen pictures of them before, but I, um, I Googled them when I was doing research and they're adorable. Um, They had a flying squirrel, which would quite often even sit in the children's like shirt pockets and sit with them at the dinner table, which I thought was adorable too. And they had a badger named Josiah who was given to him, given to Teddy by a 12 year old girl named Pearl Gorsuch. And eventually he also became too much to handle. So the Roosevelt sent him to live at the Bronx zoo, but they, they didn't want him to feel abandoned. So they visited him quite often, which is just so wholesome. <laughs> uh, they had a pig. They had cats. They had a hyena named Bill. First off, what a, what a name for a hyena. And it was given as a gift from the emperor of Ethiopia and it did eventually join some of the other <laughs> the other Roosevelt pets at the zoo but he lived in the white house for a while can, can you imagine <laughs> and then they also had like a barn owl uh which is way tamer i feel than a hyena and eventually they even had a, a lion but thankfully uh, Joe the lion never actually 
lived at the White House, he went straight to the National Zoo, which just (laughs) makes more sense. (laughs) So now I wanted to know how many presidential um, or presidents have had pets in the White House. All but three U.S. presidents didn't have pets while in the White House. James K. Polk, but even even though he didn't have pets in the White House, he was still quite the, the horseman. And he supposedly learned to ride horses before he could even walk correctly. So I'm assuming he still had horses that he rode while he was in the White House. I don't know. He kind of rides a weird line. <laughs> and then there's Andrew Johnson, who also didn't have pets of his own, but he found some little white mice in his bedroom and kind of adopted them as his own, uh, leaving out like flour and other little bits of food for him at night, for them at night. And uh, the last one that didn't have any pets is Donald Trump. And I couldn't find any whimsical little stories of him finding any critters um, to adopt. But yeah, so out of all of our presidents, only three didn't bring pets into the White House. And that's just, that's just crazy. Like, I feel like it kind of really demonstrates our collective obsession with animals and and pets because even the president isn't isn't immune. (laughs) So then my next president that we're going to talk about today is JFK. He had quite a few different pets while in the White House, but the one that I'm most excited to talk about is named Pashinka. And Pashinka was given to Caroline Kennedy by none other than Nikita Khrushchev himself. And Pashinka means fluffy in, I'm assuming, Russian, by the way. Just in case anyone was wondering, which I think is just really cute. (laughs) Now, besides the fact that she came all the way from Russia with her very own Russian passport and everything, which was just an adorable little detail. What makes little Pashinka extra interesting is her mother. Now, her mom was a pretty famous dog named Strelka. Is that ringing any bells yet? Strelka was one of the very first dogs sent into space on the Sputnik 2. So her mom was out of this world. (laughs) So since she was a gift straight from Russia, and this was during the Cold War, Pashinka had to be checked for bugs. And no, I don't mean fleas. Uh, Once she was cleared of any and all spyware, she was allowed to join the Kennedy family. And uh, later on, she even had four puppies with Caroline's other uh, little Welsh terrier dog named Charlie. And oh my gosh, Pashinka is so cute. And when I was finding pictures of her, I realized she looks like a white version of my dog Logan. So I'm going to have to post some comparison pictures because I I really think they look a lot alike. And she's a really cute little one. So then we have George H.W. Bush's dog, Millie, who is, by the way, the only White House pet to have Air Bunnies written a New York Times number one bestseller. And uh, Millie had a litter of puppies 
and in that litter was only one male. And of course, George decided to keep the male and he named him Ranger after the Texas Rangers baseball team. And they were apparently quite uh, well bonded. And the first lady even commented once that Ranger and George showered together. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) And everyone in the White House staff was also quite enamored with Ranger and would often give him lots and lots of treats to the point that the president actually had to have a formal pledge written up for everyone in the offices. And I'm I'm going to include a picture of the pledge um, in the social media posts for this episode because it's just, it's so funny that the actual president had to take the time to write this this memo that said, we agree not to feed Ranger. We will not give him any biscuits. We will not give him food of any kind. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. There's more in here too, so I'll make sure to post it so that everybody can see. So another really crazy one where actually Congress had to get involved was Martin Van Buren. He was gifted a pair of tiger cubs by the Sultan of Oman, Kabul al-Sayed. As if that wasn't crazy enough in and of itself, Congress decided it wasn't, you know, such a great idea to house tigers in the White House as Van Buren had originally planned and eventually confiscated the cubs and relocated them to the zoo. Of course, this was after Van Buren had tried desperately to convince him or convince Congress to let him keep the cubs. I don't know why anyone would think that was a good idea. That's kind of scary. (laughs) And a really, really fun, fun fact is there's not one, but two different presidents that had parrots named, what else, Polly, that actually outlived them. So James Madison had a green parrot named Polly, and uh, Polly outlived both he and his wife, Dolly. And then... Andrew Jackson had a parrot named Polly that outlived him, a gray parrot, to be exact. And um, she had quite the foul mouth. <laughs> and uh, she she actually attended Andrew Jackson's funeral. But she had to be removed because she wouldn't stop swearing. <laughs> I found a quote from the reverend who delivered Jackson's funeral sermon And it was just, (laughs) it was too hilarious not to share. Quote, before the sermon and while the crowd was gathering, a wicked parrot that was a household pet got excited and commenced swearing so loud and long as to disturb the people and had to be carried from the house. It was excited by the multitude and let loose perfect gusts of cuss words. People were horrified and awed at the bird's lack of reverence. Unquote. And that uh, quote is from Reverend Normant, which is just, um, I mean, I'm sorry, Reverend, but how can you expect a bird to have reverence? They're just going to do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> now, this next one is Abraham Lincoln, and he had, among quite a few other pets, a dog named Fido. And 
Fido was unfortunately pretty unnerved by all of the hustle and bustle of people coming to see the Lincoln family before they had even taken up residence in the actual White House. So Abe and Mary, they made the very difficult decision to rehome him with another local family. With a few exceptions and conditions, of course. The Lincolns left very specific instructions for Fido's new family. Quote, Fido was never to be tied up outdoors alone, never to be scolded for coming into the house with muddy paws, allowed to come indoors whenever he scratched at the door, and allowed to wander freely about the table as the family dined. And uh, that quote is from the Presidential Pet Museum website, where I got a lot of this information. It's a pretty cool website, so you should check it out. Um, Fido's family, uh, the new family that he was relocated with, followed these instructions faithfully for years. Until, unfortunately, just a few months after Lincoln himself was assassinated, poor Fido was killed by a drunk man with a knife for the crime of jumping up and placing his dirty paws on the man. And uh, Fido here, this is actually where the common name Fido actually originated in his honor. And another another fun fact about Fido, he was also the very first presidential pet to ever be photographed, which is just really cool. And I have his photo, so I'll be sharing that as well. And Lincoln was actually also offered elephants by the King of Siam during the Civil War. But don't worry, because he actually, he, he politely declined this offer. Could you imagine if they had elephants in the Civil War? Crazy. So I read that Grover Cleveland kept some mockingbirds as pets, which I just thought was kind of cool. I like mockingbirds. And um, Woodrow Wilson had a flock of about 48 sheep who kept the White House lawn trimmed. It as an effort to keep costs down during World War I, and then their wool would be sheared and sold to benefit the Red Cross. And I actually have a pretty cool picture of just a gigantic mountain of wool um, sitting on the, the White House lawn. So I'll be uh, posting that as well. And a really, really cool story that I've been so excited to talk about is Calvin Coolidge, who he had lots and lots of dogs, but more interestingly, they had a raccoon named Rebecca. And as if that wasn't cool and interesting enough, Rebecca was originally intended to be part of their Thanksgiving dinner, which I didn't even realize was a thing before, but apparently it it was, especially in, like, the South? Somebody tell me about it, because I had never heard of that. <laughs> anyway, the First Lady, Grace Coolidge, had a little treehouse made for her instead. They, they couldn't stomach the idea of eating this adorable little fluff ball. And Rebecca was regularly seen at some of, like, the White House events, such as, like, the Easter egg roll. And... Eventually, she became more and more adventurous and adept at escaping until she was finally sent to live at the National Zoo. Now, they also had two lion cubs, a pygmy hippopotamus, a duiker. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. It's a very tiny kind of antelope. 
a black bear, a wallaby, and Peking ducks, which, of course, were all sent to a zoo. What is up with all of the zoo animals? That is my question. Like, is this actually supposed to be... Most of the... (laughs) Most of the zoo animals are being sent from, like, foreign diplomats and dignitaries from around the world. Is this actually supposed to be a gift? Or is this supposed to be a thinly veiled attempt at getting the president eaten? I'm just curious. Because where did these people think that we were going to put these animals (laughs) in the White House? Is this a thing? Do we send, does does America send animals as gifts to other foreign diplomats as well? Is this just something I didn't know about foreign policy? Somebody tell me. (laughs) So another really cool one is James Buchanan, who briefly had a pair of bald eagles at the White House. And he decided they weren't doing the greatest in that environment and had them sent to his personal home in Pennsylvania, where supposedly they never like wandered far from his property they weren't caged or anything they had a cage that they could return to at night but it was not closed or anything and they just stayed by the property that's pretty cool then we have barack obama's portuguese water dogs Bo and sunny and they're just kind of an interesting story with a little bit of crime (laughs) mixed in for fun Barack Obama had promised his daughters Malia and Sasha that if he won the presidency they'd get a puppy and of course true to his word little Bo arrived as a gift from Senator Ted Kennedy in 2009 and Bo became really popular with the American public very quickly I remember seeing him in like a million different news stories And he'd even jump into First Lady Michelle Obama's lap during, like, story times with children. And then they apparently got so famous, Bo and Sonny, that they were eventually even the target of a dog-napping plot by a man named Scott D. Stockert. I didn't even know that this had happened. Did anyone else know about this? This guy, he drove almost 2,000 miles And he had in his truck a billy club, a machete, two guns, and 350 rounds of ammunition. Supposedly, with the only goal being to kidnap either Bo or Sonny. When Secret Service, like, cornered him, he apparently tried to tell them that he was the son of JFK and Marilyn Monroe. And then, when that didn't work, he claimed he was Jesus. And this all sounded too bizarre. So I went digging some more and I found out that he was apparently schizophrenic and had been unmedicated for a while before this incident. So I'm going to hope that he received the help he needed because I couldn't find out how this whole ordeal was resolved. It's just a crazy story and I'm feeling like I I missed a giant chapter in, in history because I don't remember hearing anything about it. Um... Both dogs were fine. They were completely unaware of the plot to to dognap them. And they continued to have their daily royal treatment and even met lots of important people like the Pope, which is pretty cool. So, of course, we can't talk about Barack Obama without also talking about Joe Biden. Uh, His first dog was Champ, a German shepherd 
who by all accounts is the goodest boy. <laughs> However, he's also had two different dogs named Major and Commander that had to be removed from the White House after multiple bite incidents. And he also has a cat named Willow, who he describes as having no limits and likes to sleep on top of his head at night. <laughs> Unfortunately, the goodest boy champ passed away in June of 2021 at the age of 13. And I couldn't find any information about where Major and Commander wound up after leaving the White House, which has me a little bit nervous, but I'm going to assume and hope that they are still living out their days happily with a, a family that's a little better prepared for them. Rutherford B. Hayes owned the very first Siamese cat to even be brought to America. And her name was very on the nose. It was Siam. And I just thought that was just kind of an interesting little tidbit about history. And then Benjamin Harrison. And okay, technically it was his grandkids, but they lived with him in the White House. So I'm going to say it counts. All right. All right. They had a goat named Old Whiskers or his whiskers, depending on the source. And his grandkids even had like a little cart that they would hook up old whiskers to, and he would pull them around on the White House lawn. Now, I'm going to read an excerpt from the Presidential Pets Museum page here because there's literally no way I could possibly do this story better justice than they did. And I quote, Like most goats, old whiskers was a bit of an ornery fellow. One day, the goat apparently had had enough of pulling a cart and being poked and prodded by children. Possibly falling under the misconception that the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, Old Whiskers took off running through the White House gates, trailing the cart with the Harrison grandchildren aboard. The president, who was waiting for his own carriage at the front of the White House at the time, raced after the cart. Old Whiskers did eventually stop, but only after quite a few Washington, D.C. residents saw their commander-in-chief running down the street, holding on to his top hat, waving his cane, and yelling at a goat. <laughs> and I just, I thought that was way too hilarious, a picture that, that they painted, painted there, and I had to share it with you. And I have kind of an interesting photo of the uh, little cart and goat in question that I will also be sharing with uh, the social media posts for this episode. So already quite the diverse cast of critter characters <laughs> gracing the White House that I'm just amazed. <laughs> okay, so then next we have John Quincy Adams, who had a pet alligator that lived in the damn bathroom and would scare off guests. This scaly companion was apparently given to him by the Marquis de Lafayette. And President Adams was reported to really enjoy, enjoy showing off his gator to White House guests until the reptile was eventually rehomed. I couldn't find out more information about where and how that happened. But John Quincy Adams was, was not the only president to have pet alligators. Herbert Hoover also had pet alligators. Two of them. And technically, they belonged to his son, Alan. They lived in the family home, so I think they count. They they didn't live in 
the White House, although they they did reportedly visit the grounds. But I still, I just, I find it absolutely insane that not one but two of our presidents had pet alligators. And did I mention that they would also frequently escape their bathroom little homes after uh, multiple escape attempts? Even after the president and his son, Alan, built them their own little pond, um, these alligators were sent to live at the Smithsonian Zoo, which I think was an upgrade for literally everyone involved. So that's all of my presidential pet facts for today. And I hope everybody had as much fun learning about all of the various fuzzy, scaly, feathered critters that have graced the White House, because I know I certainly did. And if you're enjoying the show, please, please do me a giant favor and give me a rating, a review, subscribe to the show. It really, really helps to bring more listeners and just kind of get us in front of more eyeballs and ears, earballs, whatever. <laughs> and um, if... Uh, you'd like to see pictures that we include and everything like that, follow us on social media. It is All for Animals Pod on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. I think that's everything. And then All for Animals Podcast on Instagram. And if you have a story suggestion, a listener story, an episode idea, want to be featured on the show, have a shout out for another animal superstar, even just want to say hi, then you can send an email at allforanimalspodcast at gmail.com. So thank you everyone for listening and I'll see you next time. <laughs>